the second goal was really to raise awareness of the state of the earth and where we are at and, you know, that we need to do something now. And if we don't, we're all really fucked. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. All right. What's going on with Gotta Run Racing, you ask? (laughs) Well, it's an exciting week because... We run the north. We run the north. We're in La Belle Provence, La Mauricie National Park. Cool. In I can't Quebec. wait. Yeah, I can't wait to to uh, check that one out. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Mm. And you get to go there all year round. It's an all season park for sure. I learned this week that there is ice climbing there. You can take some lessons and do some ice climbing. They have cross country skiing, mm. and then they have all the typical summer stuff that you would do but 150 lakes within this park cool and, and that, it's not far from montreal and that's the uh canadian national park virtual we're on the north we're on the north check it out still happening still happening and what is going on with the monarch virtual monarch virtual well we did a mailing of our first grouping of participants this week and they got this lovely medal if you're watching us on youtube you'll see it cool. double-sided <laughs> get a lovely neck gaiter and matching bib mm. and we're hoping that we get 430 participants to each Run, walk, hike, bike, 10K each. Post your results on race roster. And we're going to move that butterfly 4,300 kilometers, which represents... The migration of the monarch. Butterfly. From from Mexico to... Canada. Peterborough. Every spring. Cool. It's incredible. And who's on the podcast today? Well, speaking of the monarch, (laughs) we have the founder, the brainchild behind the monarch ultra... Carlotta James from Peterborough, Ontario, Mm -hmm. and she's going to tell us what ultra running and monarch butterflies have in common, where the passion (laughs) comes from, and what we're doing in 2021 for the relay. Cool. Coming up. Carlotta, welcome to the podcast. You're, You're currently in Peterborough, Ontario. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Awesome. And you are a landscaper. Yes, I'm a. I try to say now, wildscaper, <laughs> landscaper, or we say eco landscaper, because landscaper is more traditional, and you know they plant landscapers plant plants that we don't always agree with, and so whereas eco landscapers um, try to work with the natural habitat as much as possible and plant native plants for pollinators, and we are, we also try to use organic compost and mulch um, and we use our body strength we don't use any machines whatsoever so that's kind of the dis- difference i guess between eco landscaping and landscaping i never knew um, that wow yeah uh-huh. that's interesting very interesting yeah a lot of landscapers use mulch and wood chips that are colored like red black and brown and that sends poisons into the earth and so um, it's bad for pets it's bad for you if you have food for example it puts chemicals into your food um, and then when it rains those chemicals go into our sewers and into our waterways so it's yeah it's not great and then using machines to plant gardens 
Um, you're also destroying the microorganisms in the soil. Mm. Uh, and it's also noise pollution for all the bugs and butterflies and birds. So that's true. Um, we just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's it's the name much of the- harder work, but what's the name oh, of your company? Uh, uh, it's three sisters, natural landscapes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Find us on Instagram. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll put that logo right up here. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's a beautiful logo. Awesome. So before we get into the monarch and everything else, let's talk about your running background. How did you get into running? I guess I've been doing it my whole life since I was a little girl, since I was like seven or eight years old. I always loved running like for the sake of speed and just being wild and free and just seeing how far I could go. And it was also, you know, a way to run away from my family. And it was also a way to just find new places. You know, when you run, you get to discover so many cool forests and trail systems and nature. And so I just always felt that running was my vehicle to discover the outside world. And so um, I continued to run throughout my whole life. And my relationship deepened with running as I got older uh, because I realized that running made me who I am. <laughs> Even though I don't run uh, professionally or as an elite athlete, it still really defined me as a person. And I feel like running is my greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've learned so much because of running, uh, not just about myself, but about the world around me. So that's how I got into it. And I've never stopped. But I'm also not like a addictive runner. Like I don't need to run seven days a week. I run when I can and um, which is about four days a week. And, you know, I mix it up. Sometimes it's short 5k runs and then weekends I run really long and far, but I'm probably like the worst example of a runner because when I run, like sometimes I run far and I prepare, I bring water and food and other times I just run and I don't bring anything. And then I'm really screwed because <laughs> I've run so far. And I'm like, okay, I need to look for apple trees and pear trees and wild grapes. And, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do for water? And I've like found streams sometimes. So it's, yeah, but I've always survived. And I think that's why I love running because no matter what, you have the mental and physical capacity to keep going and then come home. And you may be broken, but you wake up the next day really strong and happy that you did it. And it's kind of like a secret journey that no one else was on but you. So, Did you have any races planned for 2020 that you were going to participate in yourself? I'm going to weep. Don't even say that I had so many races planned. Um, The Seaton Soaker, uh, Conquer the Canuck, uh, Rainbow Run, uh, Chase the Coyote, um, Limber Lost, Halliburton, all of them. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Because wow. that yeah, would have been... I mean, these are all beautiful. That would have been your off year, right? So you were taking advantage of having the summer off to run in races. Yeah. Here yeah. <laughs> and, and just being like around your tribe of people is really nice and encouraging. Um, and I find that trail races are my tribe of people. I used to just run city runs like uh, road races. And that was before I knew trail races existed. Mm. I didn't even know about this community. And that's all I knew. And I loved them. But you're like, you're running with 20,000 people, 30,000 people. Mm. And there's a lot of garbage at the end, because they give you plastic bags with crap in it. And, and like t shirts are left. It's like the wall of China, but like the wall of t shirts. 
And so I just, yeah, I mean, like as an environmentalist, I just found that those ways weren't great, but I just didn't know of any other way until I discovered trail racing. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is my thing. And I've never looked back. So, wow. What do you guys prefer? Trail. Trail. Yeah. And it hurts when we, when we run trail and we see a, a bottled water yeah. on the trail. It just, it just irks us. There's been a lot of extra garbage on the trails this year, and it just breaks our heart because it's so unnecessary. If you can hike a bottle of water in, but you can't hike out an empty, empty bottle, bottle of water, <laughs> which weighs next to yeah. nothing, there's something wrong. Yeah. There's something wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and that plastic will be there forever, so That's you know right. it, it will never decompose is something like two million years or something <laughs> you know <laughs> it's entirely yeah well i think it's fair to say that you're also pretty passionate about the monarch butterflies so take us back to when did that happen for you what what sort of precipitated that uh love i think since i was a little girl i've always loved flowers and uh, butterflies um, my mom said that the first word my first word was flower in spanish though which which is Flor. First language was Spanish. And so I've always just been enamored by these beautiful plants that are smell so nice and bring so much joy to so many people's lives. And uh, about seven years ago, when I moved to Peterborough, I started an organization called Peterborough Pollinators, or I co-founded it. And so we started building pollinator gardens for schools and community groups and public spaces so that we could start the conversation about how important pollinators were, especially because they're in decline, you know, all across the world. And so I started to learn more about butter, uh, monarch butterflies and swallowtails and other gorgeous flying insects. And so once that journey and connection started, it just happened naturally. I was, uh, you know, running, running in Peterborough along our trails and I would see monarch butterflies and I would just think about their journey and what an epic journey and what <laughs> what they had to go through as an insect without any support. Like, well, we have, you know, the kind of supports that we have when we trail race or <laughs> road race. Uh, in 2016, um, I remember that year specifically because we had a drought across Ontario. We didn't have rain for like two months. Um, and everybody's lawns who had grass, they totally dried up. And, you know, the people with gardens, they still thrived because pollinator gardens still thrive in drought-like conditions. Mm. They're used to that climate. And so I was running on the Trans-Canada Trail, and that's when I saw some butterflies. And it was a really special moment because I they came at the same time as I was just thinking about our ecosystem and what it meant like to go through climate change and these environmental issues that we're faced with. And so as I was running, monarch butterflies were flying with me. And so that's when the idea hit me. It was like a light bulb. And I thought uh, from that moment, I started thinking I would love to follow their migration by fo by following it um, on foot, by running the whole migration. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I ran far that day. I think I ran like 20 uh, kilometers and then I raced home and then I got out like a big piece of paper and I just started writing all the ideas that I had while I was running, but it essentially was that it was to follow their migration from Peterborough to Mexico um, and to really understand what they went through. Um, and for that experience and that adventure of following the monarch butterflies, but then also as like a serious call to action that we were going to run for monarch 
butterflies, but we wanted all these communities to understand why we were running and to get them excited and involved and, you know, motivated to do something uh, positive and not just for monarch butterflies, for all pollinators. And, and, you know, I have said that before and I'll say it again, a monarch is a pollinator. So once you do something positive for one species, you actually do something positive for all species Mm. because once your relationship deepens with nature, you start to understand that everything is interconnected. If you're going to save one forest, you realize that the other forests are just as important. So Mm. that's how it started in 2016. And I just kept working on it and wanting to also create a documentary as as a way to tell their story and the runner's stories. And it was a few years later when I met some folks to work on this project. And I pitched it to them and they were really excited, like Clay Williams and Rodney Fuentes. And then the year of 2019 came. And uh, so we were ready to run their migration after we'd created their route and, you know, started contacting conservation organizations and mayors and municipalities and schools and trying to figure out who will support us as we're running this 4,000 kilometer journey. And we just found that so many folks were super excited about it and they wanted to get involved and share their stories and support us. So uh, that's how it happened. And then it happened. And you guys were a part of it, of course, <laughs> which was amazing. And now like our friendship continues to this day, which is one of the most beautiful parts of it, you know, is the domino effect that it's had since then so <laughs> i was i was trying to remember because norm asked me today uh leading up to the podcast he said how did you even find out about the monarch and i think it was one of those crazy things where i had just seen the david suzuki uh nature of things episode where they were talking about the uh canadian zoologist frederick urquhart who yeah. had tracked somehow managed to tag some butterflies and track their migration to Mexico. And I was in complete awe. I had no idea that that's even like, I knew they migrated, but I had no idea the details behind it. And then Mm -hmm. within a week or two of seeing that, I saw the, the relay on, it must've been on Facebook. No way. Yeah. And when I looked at it, yeah. And then when I looked at the map and, and I thought, oh, this would be a pretty epic thing to do on our, we, we share a birthday's five days apart. And I noticed that on my birthday in October, um, you guys were going to be in Austin, Texas. And Norm and I had talked about going to Austin. So it just seemed like <laughs> it had to happen. So that's how I had found out about it. And I'm so grateful that we did because it's, it's now a, uh, like you said, it's snowballed into a, a bigger relationship, which we'll talk about shortly. But so from yeah. 20, 2016, you you started the planning and then you had three years in order to get it to happen. Wow. Yeah, it was more dreaming, I would say. It was 2016 to 2018. I was dreaming it and trying to figure out what the documentary would be about, what the route would look like, who would be on the team. Um, would we like, did, did we want to, you know, focus on the runners, on the monarch butterflies? What did it mean to run their migration route? So it was more like I was in a curious state, a constant curious state of asking all these questions. And so I still have all my original diagrams and designs and, um, ideas. And so it was more like putting my ideas on paper. And, and because I was so excited about, about it, I also didn't want to share it with anyone because I also thought, what if, People just think it's stupid, you know, or something, or like impossible. 
And I didn't want anyone to say, no, 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 you're not going to be able to do that. And so I hesitated to share share it with anyone except for my family until the right uh, doors opened, if that makes sense. And just like your story, Jody, you'd watch this documentary and then this other thing happened and then this other thing happened. So it's like you were waiting. So, so it's like fate happened. And so that's what I was waiting for as well, for the right things to to start before we actually launched it. And it was really meeting Clay Williams and Rodney Fuentes that made me realize that this could happen, you know? But we also, we also needed like money because it's such an epic journey. We, we traveled through three countries. We traveled over seven weeks. We had to stay in hotels. We needed transportation. We needed insurance. I mean, so there were so many costs associated. So when you have something that big, then what are you going to do? You have to like convince the world to fund you. So <laughs> the funding part is the hardest part of anything. And so we decided to just start asking sponsors, you know, and, and that's what we did. Uh, we just approached every single, or I'll say I approached every single person that I knew and business that I knew and connection I'd ever made in my life. And <laughs> basically we raised the money to, to do it. I mean, we still had a tiny budget when you look at like big, international projects. And that was also because we were all volunteers. So if we had to pay staff, then it would have been impossible. But everyone that was on our team were volunteers. And so many people helped. Like if I could give you a number of the people that helped make this happen, I would say 450 people. (laughs) It was huge. Um, But they also thought it was super cool and they wanted to get involved. And so it was that as well. So but yeah, so it was like 2016 to 2019. But the first phase was the dream stage and then the planning stage and then the doing it stage, kind of like the the flying stage, kind of like the monarch butterfly. I always think of it looking at the cycles of the monarch butterfly. And so the egg stage was the dream stage. <laughs> and then the caterpillar, like the eating, eating, eating and getting super fat and eating, eating again and getting really fat again. Cause they just keep shedding their skin, you know, when they go through their transformation. And so that was like the planning stage and like trying to make it happen and advertise to the world about it. Cause when you have a new idea, I'm sure you guys know, like with Gotta Run Racing, it's a lot of it is marketing and promoting. You got to mm-hmm. write about it. You got to call people about it. You got to blog. You got to get in newspapers and TV shows because it's new. So it's like, who are you? We don't care. Convince me sort of thing. Yeah. So a lot of it was that. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff. Then, then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. (laughs) I like to talk about the logistics of this event because we are event planners ourselves. So we know what's involved. The stress in a one-day event. <laughs> we know the stress involved with just that, but we also know directors who put on hundred milers. We know the directors of Primal Quest who put on fourteen-day expedition adventure racing, <laughs> and then we here you are putting on an event four thousand kilometers long, 
God, spanning three countries and not just touching on a country like UTMB, it just touches the country, but you're going right through a country <laughs> into a, deep into another. Mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around the logistics <laughs> of a director, the sleepless nights and everything else. So please tell me as a director, how do you do this logistically? What was, what was the, what do you think about it? I mean, I'm in shock here. I would say, I know this is going to sound silly, but Excel spreadsheets are amazing <laughs> because you can organize minute by minute, day to day runners, the parties, the accommodation, the places where you're going to run through, where you're going to have rest stops. Cause we also provide a 10, 10 kilometer aid stations every single day that we ran a hundred K. So Excel spreadsheets are amazing for that. But also um, working with Clay Williams, who's an engineer, he's a master planner as well. And so he has organized um, the Canal Pursuit for Mental Health, which is a 785 kilometer relay in Canada, in Ontario. So having him on board, and that's what I was saying before, Norm, about things falling into place. When I met Clay Williams and I ran his Canal Pursuit, I knew that he was the person that I needed to work with on the Monarch Ultra. (laughs) So when I pitched it to him, I invited him to Peterborough. I, I said, I have an idea I need to talk to you about. And so I said, you know, you've designed this route from here to here. Can you just turn it and <laughs> like have it from north to south instead of east to west? And he loved the idea because he had never designed such a long route. And as you said, over three countries, thousands of kilometers, but that he was challenged by it. So he loved that. Like instead of, you know, most people want simple things, simple everything. And so instead, there's people like Clay Williams and myself that we want hard things in life because that makes us stronger and better people. And so Clay Williams was excited about that to see how we could make it possible. So, you know, the logistics of it, I mean, it was a logistical nightmare at the same time. We did run into a lot of issues. We had a lot of sleepless nights. Sometimes I'd go to bed at 12 and I'd wake up at 4.30. Um, I probably ran on four hours of sleep for the whole journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I was okay at the end of it, but I was. But I was also like flying on the energy of like making this impossible thing possible. So it was a massive dream come true. But we also, we worked with so many municipalities and conservation groups and governments. They helped us also organize things. And so we would run into a town and then that town had already organized like a big parade for us or a festival or the accommodation where we were going to sleep. So, but as you know, the more people you work with, that's more communications. So it's also more work too, because you're having to uh, communicate with them, answer emails, set up phone calls and do a lot. So it was, I feel like that year, 2019, I probably lost a lot of weight because <laughs> I was just like working all the time and I was stressed, but I was also really excited. And also like all of us, we have full-time jobs and families and homes and a million other things. So it was like, it was a crazy, crazy year. When we got back from the Monarch Ultra, I remember, I think I didn't leave my house for a month. I was like, I can't see people. I can't talk to anybody. I had like zero energy left in me because I gave it all to the project, you know? Right. I like how you asked, you asked yourself the question, not that you didn't say it can't be done, but you asked yourself, how can this be done? Once you ask yourself, how can this be done? Then your brain starts to work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. shut down. 
Yeah. And that's whenever we come up with a project ourselves. We figure out how can this happen? And we make it happen. <laughs> what did you want to achieve at the end of the day? You've paired runner long distance runners with with uh pollinator and conservation efforts. What 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 is the ultimate goal? And I know it's never gonna stop because you've told me that before. It's never gonna end. So what's the goal? I think there's a few goals. The first one is unity, <laughs> to bring our three countries together. This was planned during the Trump administration, and that was such a dark time for the whole continent, for the whole world. And so when that was happening, you know, I would be really angered a lot of the time and depressed at his policies, the words that came out of his mouth, um, his actions, his attitude. And so I thought, you know, instead of feeling uh, depressed about things, I wanted to do something positive. So I really saw the Monarch Ultra as a positive action to someone like Trump. Um, who was really creating massive divisions mm. and walls. Like literally he was building a wall between <laughs> America and tech and uh, Mexico. So I thought that the Monarch Ultra could be a way of connecting these three countries because the Monarch Butter Monarch migration does that. You know, they've been migrating for thousands and thousands of years. And yet Trump thinks that building a wall will stop people from coming in and out. Um, but monarchs will keep migrating no matter what. And so I think that was the first goal was to create this sense of unity between the three countries and looking at wildlife and seeing what are their migratory routes and how can we be more connected because of the migration. The second goal was really to raise awareness of the state of the earth and where we are at and, you know, that we need to do something now. And if we don't, we're all really fucked, really. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry for my language, but we all need to wake up. And if we don't wake up, then everything that we see around us, the things that we love, the, the air that we breathe, the beautiful lakes that we swim in, birds, the bees, everything will disappear and things are disappearing. So it was, you know, it was a love letter to the earth and to people to do something, to do something positive. And then the third goal, and this is much more like long-term blue sky dreaming uh and it's to create this route like a real route so that cyclists runners bikers wow. um drivers can go along the route at any time of the year and camp beside beside the route but basically kind of like the trans canada trail mm -hmm. but like running from uh, north to south from our region in southern ontario all the way to mexico so you know if you, uh, jody and norm you guys wanted to go and February and bike down, you'd have a safe route to do so. Mm. And so I just thought like, that would be so cool. You know, we've got the Trans Canada and Canada. There's other trails around the world, but we don't have anything that runs north to south. And so it would also be like a spiritual journey, like El Camino de Santiago, mm -hmm. uh, which is in Spain. And it's been around for a really long time. And, you know, you learn about the culture of the cities that you walk through. Mm -hmm. uh, you learn you learn about the country that you're in. And also, and so I saw the Monarch Ultra route as, you know, learning about the communities you're going through, but also about the migration. So it would be like, I mean, and that's like a massive dream, of course, but how cool would that be if we had a like a designed route that was safe for walkers, hikers, bikers, runners to travel? You can get your backpack on and like camp and then come home or whatever. Yeah. You know? That'd be incredible. So that would be. I'd go on that. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a uh, three, four month journey or it could be a year journey. Yeah, exactly. You decide. 
know how long you want this That's to be. That's it, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So during the 2019, this whole expedition that went on, what interesting stories can you come up with at the top of your head that is, I don't know, there's some funny, some sad, unexpected, unexpected or anything interesting happened along this journey for yourself or for your crew? Every single person we met obviously was really interesting and funny, but there was one. So for example, there was one host who uh, I've never seen this before, but she had like a whole monarch room. Her whole living room was uh, devoted to monarch butterflies. So she had like monarch paraphernalia. She had a big monarch cage with hundreds of monarch butterflies in it that she was raising monarch butterfly pillows it was really interesting when we stayed in her home. So that was, yeah, I didn't realize that the monarch rage is so big in the States. I don't think it's as big as in Canada. People devote their lives to raising monarch butterflies. So we met some of those people. That's so Um, cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, (laughs) And just like, some of the runners we met were just so devoted to monarch butterflies too. There was one woman from Little Rata, uh, Micah, and I love energetic people. People are just like so like salt of the earth. They are who they are. They don't, you know, they don't put on personas. And Micah is like that. We met her at six o'clock in the morning. And this was the first time she was doing a hundred kilometer ultra for the monarch ultra. She was really excited. <laughs> she was like jumping with jelly beans. It was crazy to try to keep up with her because she was just like, blah, 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 and full of energy. By the end of the day of running a hundred kilometers, she was still exactly the same. <laughs> me and the crew were so tired, right? From the whole day. Plus we went to a party in Little Rock and we had to do presentations. And it was like, it was a, it was a full, full, full day. And Micah was just like, she's like, I'm ready for monarch butterflies. And she's like, I've dreamt of monarch butterflies. I love monarch butterflies. And it's just, she's such a beautiful person. After meeting her, I just, I felt so galvanized for humanity. You know, that uh, I was inspired for humanity again, because I realized there's so many good people out there. When you meet good people, you want to continue doing good for the world. So thank you, Micah. (laughs) <laughs> How many yeah. runners did you have total going to this whole journey? 46. So we had planned on having a lot more, but we didn't find enough runners. So we had 46 runners in total. So that meant that some of the legs, we like we ran all the legs in Canada and the States, but in Mexico it was hard because there was just so much planned there. Um, we'd be like shipped from thing to thing to thing, from event to event to event, I should say. And sometimes we just weren't able to run because uh, maybe they said it was unsafe. And one of this, I mean, we had police escorts with us for the whole time in Mexico, except for one of the states. We didn't have police escorts. And so for that province, for that state, I should say, we didn't run all the legs. And so instead... We drove to the spot and we met with, you know, cultural ambassadors and mayors and we did more like outreach than than running. But it's also because we didn't have runners. So what it meant like Clay and I would be running back to back. Right. Um, and he and I were already running a lot of legs. Like he would run and then three days later I would run and then three days later he would run. So yeah, so those breaks that we had were were okay because 
we we just did outreach work instead. That's good. Um, I remember hearing that um, you had unexpected support in Mexico that that people were just, there were so many more people that came out to support the runners than there were in either Canada or the States, which is really cool. Yeah. Mexicans love to celebrate. And so basically every weekend there's a party, there's a celebration, there's a festival every weekend. And I'm not exaggerating. And so when they found out about the Monarch Ultra, about this team of runners that came all the way from Canada, they went ballistic and they just wanted to show us what a beautiful country they have and what a beautiful culture. But they're also Mexican people are really generous and salt of the earth as well. And so they were ambassadors for their own country. They wanted to show this is our amazing country. Welcome, uh, because they're so hospitable. And so basically every day that we were there, they had organized big, big events that, you know, were really humbling. They do a lot to protect our butterfly. We just don't hear about it because, you know, we use a lot of social media and website and information pan. Like we just use so many more marketing tools over here to say that we're doing things, but are we really doing things? Mm. That's the question. Whereas there, they are doing things. Where did the relay end? Did you actually end in one of the places where the monarchs um, winter? The village is called Macheros. It's in a state of uh, Mexico. And the sanctuary is called the Cerro Pelon Monarch Butterfly Sanctuary. And you had mentioned Fred Urquhart before. This is a sanctuary where that monarch butterfly was found. The, te- the first tag monarch butterfly was in Cerro Pelon. Um, so it's a really special place. But it's also not as famous as the other sanctuaries, which are in Michoacan. And that's because those sanctuaries are really supported by the Mexican government, where Cerro Pelon is not really that supported. And so, and it's also really difficult to get to because you have to traverse crazy steep mountains and it's, it's just far from any large municipality. Mm. And so we wanted to highlight that sanctuary because we developed a close relationship with that community. And also people that had run it that are running a nonprofit called Butterflies and Their People. And so, you know, they told us, they invited us, they said, come to our town, finish your run here, finish your documentary here. You know, we decided to looking at all the other sanctuaries, which are pretty famous that already had a lot of government support and tourism to end it there because of their uh, really eco-touristic ways as well. Mm -hmm. They really try to protect the sanctuaries. And so, for example, one year they'll have people go up on one side of the sanctuary and then the next year on the other side so that you're not always walking the same path because, you know, having people in sanctuaries also destroys it because you're there. Human beings just do that, you know. Their principles that were really aligned with ours. So yeah, we ended in Macheros, which is a, a town, a village of 400 people. Oh, and wow. when we arrived... Yeah. Yeah. And when we arrived, I mean, it was really like, I don't know, there's no feeling on earth like that we finally arrived to this destination planning and dreaming and thinking about it for so long. And when we arrived, you know, they had all these school kids dressed in big monarch butterfly wings. They did some beautiful dances to welcome us. There were boys in cowboy outfits on horses. I mean, they looked pretty badass. Um, <laughs> and then all the different municip, like the different leaders of the different municipalities and uh, conservation groups, 
were there as well. And so it was really, it was a really gracious welcome. Um, and then that night they threw a big party, you know, mm-hmm. with of course. food. Yeah. <laughs> with food that they'd been cooking for a week. They, yeah, it was beautiful. And they, they hired a mariachi band and everyone was out and, it was, yeah, it was a powerful, powerful feeling. What and if you it? haven't been, yeah. And if you haven't been to the sanctuary, I mean, it's, it's something to witness once in your life to see that many monarch butterflies all at once, all together fluttering around you. It's so powerful. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, any place. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Well, selfishly, I have to admit that that's part of the reason why I'm doing this, because I want to get there. (laughs) I want to go there with you. Yes. Well, that'll be in 2023 when we run to Mexico again. So I hope that you're still with us, that you haven't divorced our team. <laughs> um, I really, yeah. And if it, if it works out, COVID is um, under control, then we're going to run to Mexico in 2023, you know, and you'll get to see the same yeah, way. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I, it's definitely on my bucket list. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the relay of 2021 now. Definite big pivot there, right? <laughs> yep. How I mean, I going? think, yeah, it's, it, I'm actually so excited about it. We have to be excited. You have to, you, you get lemons, you make lemonade. <laughs> um, and that's what COVID is. It's, it's put a big hitch. Is that the right word in our, in our dreams and our project? But instead of seeing it as something to stop us, from doing what we want to do, we just decided to reroute uh, the route um, and stay in Southern Ontario instead. And then to basically start from the beginning again, which is mm. what we're doing is a lot of work. And so, I, so it's just like starting over, you know, and, and understanding Southern Ontario and how we're going to find runners and making those connections and uh, finding accommodation, everything. But at the same time, Getting, having the support from our own province, we realize is crucial to making the Monarch Ultra successful. So, mm-hmm. you know, we see this run as just as epic. It's 21 days. So it's not seven weeks, but it's still three weeks. It's still a really long journey. And we're going to be on some beautiful trails. We're running only the Trans Canada and only the Waterfront Trail. We get to see what those trails look like. Um, and meet all the different folks that live along the trails. And, you know, we've been in, in c- communication with a lot of the mayors, a lot of the municipalities, a lot of conservation groups, 
been a lot of communication and emails and presentations and outreach uh, from the moment that we decided that we were staying here. So, and so far, I mean, we have a lot, we have more runners this year than we did two years ago. That's and that's right. also thanks to Jody McNeil, <laughs> who's uh, an amazing director. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just talking about jo- about you, Jody, the other day, and I'm just so thankful that our, you know, our lives crossed. Um, Me too. Absolutely. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm amazed that we're staying in Southern Ontario and we're covering 1,800 kilometers. Yeah. It's incredible. I know. <laughs> And 60 municipalities, 60 cities. Yeah. That's huge. It is 60 huge. of the most important cities mm-hmm. in Southern Ontario. So, and that's, yeah, that's thanks to Clay Williams and his thousands of hours that he put in. He does deserve a big something. Like <laughs> Justin Trudeau, JT should do like make a public acknowledgement to Clay Williams. JT, have you created an 18? 18- <laughs> 100 kilometer route? I don't think so. You know? Yeah. I know he likes beer. So, so maybe I'll, uh, I'll surprise him with some beer at the end because it's, it really is a huge effort. <laughs> we are still looking for some more relay runners, but we're almost there. We're almost there, which is really exciting. Right? I know. We're in mid June and we're at 56 runners. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yep. Yep. So we need like another 20 runners and that's it. So I think by the end of the summer, we'll find those runners. And if we don't, Jody, you and I are going to run those legs. <laughs> I'm going right? to be dragging Norm along for a few of them too. I have some people Yay! in my back. I have some people in my back pocket that I'm going to be calling on. They don't know it yet, but I'm like, Hey, what are you doing today? Yeah, <laughs> Come and run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's only 50 K. I mean, monarchs fly 4,000 kilometers. That's what we have to always keep in the back of our minds. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. When we think we can't do something, just think of the monarch butterfly and what they go through. Exactly. So, <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about Camp Kawartha? Because they're an important element to the, the piece of the puzzle. And, and uh, yeah, let's, let's chat about that for a bit. Yeah. I mean, I hope that we can um, have this date on July 25th with all the relay runners um, at Camp Kawartha. Because it's a relay, the relay runners don't get to meet each other like at a race. And so I thought it'd be really beautiful to have this one day at Camp Portha. Um, and we can have a big celebration and just meet each other and get to know who we are for that one day. Um, so Camp Kawartha, um is a nature camp. Um, and this is their 100th year of uh, serving the community of Canada. And they provide some really cool nature and outdoor um, activities and programs. And, you know, they're, they have such a holistic approach to, uh, nature education. I just thought that they would be a great partner, um, for the Monarch Ultra and also that all of the fundraising, um, that happens through the Monarch Ultra and the Monarch Ultra virtual, the virtual 10K go to Camp Kawartha, um, for many reasons. The first is last year for COVID, uh, they were hit really badly because all the camps were closed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, financially they, they didn't do too well. But also, you know, when we think of ourselves as ultra runners, um, as adults, we're all trying to learn how to be better people, how to be better runners, how to be 
better earth protectors, but also that it's our children that we're also trying to teach how to be better stewards of the earth. And so that's what Camp Portha does. You know, they, they teach children, um, but also in a way, or they teach children how to protect nature, but also how to have a deep connection with it. And so when I was thinking about who we could fundraise for, it just made sense because, uh, you know, because of their uh, relationship uh, with nature um, and specifically for providing these great programs for children. And so uh, I just thought that that's an important key, you know, is education, but the education for youth. And so, so far, I think we've raised over $3,000 through the relay run and then over $1,000 through the virtual run. Mm. So my goal, or I hope that we can raise $10,000 in, uh, in total, which I know we can do. I mean, the relay runners, the virtual uh, participants just need to really promote it through their networks and uh, we'll get there. Definitely. Tell everyone how they can either get involved, whether participating in the relay, participating in the virtual or donating. Okay. Well, the first thing is visit the Monarch Ultra website, which is uh, themonarchultra.com. On there, you will be able to see the links for the virtual 10K or the relay run. Or go to gotterunracing.com and you'll see the links for the virtual 10K. Or you can just visit uh, Race Roster or do a quick uh, Google search for Monarch Ultra or Monarch Ultra Virtual um, and you'll find the link. You can also go to our social media, which is the Monarch Ultra. I don't remember. Underscore, overscore, <laughs> exclamation. You'll find it. And you will find information on there on how to register. And then once you go to race roster for either the virtual or the relay run, the fundraising aspect to donate is on there as well. So you can just donate to a participate to a participant or just donate. Another way to get involved is we need volunteers. You know, we need people to help at the aid stations. So contact us at uh, the monarch ultra at gmail.com. Send us an email. I'll probably respond one week later because I'm <laughs> working 12 hour days right now, but I'll respond and, you know, I'll send you the route and you can come and cheer on the runners. We want you to dress in costumes, put on your coolest outfits, paint your face, invite your friends, invite the mayor, tell everybody you know about it. Why? Because we're running really long distances. We're trying to make noise. We want people to feel inspired. So, yeah, and we want as many people to come out. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned when it's happening. Well, when is this run? <laughs> okay, sometime in the future. No, um, it's happening September 19th. We leave Peterborough, Ontario. Um, and then from there, we run to uh, Toronto and then Hamilton, St. Catharines, Niagara Falls. And then we loop down along Lake Erie uh, all the way to R Windsor. Um, and then we loop back up towards London, Cambridge, uh, Waterloo. And then we end in Barrie, Ontario on October 9th. Um, and Barrie, Ontario is throwing us a big party, which we're so excited about. <laughs> we love you, Barrie. So those are the dates, September 19th to October 9th. This is going to be the event of the year. <laughs> yes. You, you need 20 more runners for the relay. And we need... 370 more for the virtual. virtual which represents the complete monarch. Well, what we're looking for is 430 runners total for the virtual to run 10K, yep. which represents the entire migration route for the monarchs. There you go. And we're... Yeah. Gonna, 
track those butterflies and and <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> yeah. People look at that distance of 30 or 50K and it's not achievable for them, but you can 10K, you can walk 10K, you can bike, bike 10K. You can swim 10K. Yeah, you can swim 10K <laughs> if you want to. You can swim 10K, yeah. <laughs> and they and you have like many weeks to do it to complete yeah. that 10K. It never well, ends, right? So it's forever. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to do the 10K all, all consecutively. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, this is one of the very few events that might actually be happening in Southern Ontario this year due to COVID because as yeah. we know, there's a lot of races that are still challenged with yep. achieving permits like ourselves. I know for the people that I've spoken to who have signed up, they're so excited to have something to work towards. You know, we've all know. missed having that feeling of having a goal and, and working your way to achieving it. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. And what's the event that's happening on September 18th? Is that Chase the Coyote? That would be Chase the Coyote. Yeah. Well, as soon as I know, I'll let you know if that's I know. happening. Oh, that's, that's what I'm waiting for as well. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> that, that's sort of our, our, um, our A, A race. Flagship. That's our, yeah. that's a first race that we, we started. That's the, the important one that we really want to happen, but yeah. we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Hopefully. That's the Usain Bolt race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love your bandana, your buff. It's so cool. Tell me, is that going to all the racers, the runners, the virtual participants? It sure is. So all the relay and the virtual participants will receive. A two-sided butterfly metal. Oh, that's so beautiful. And the bib that matches as well. We've stepped it up a little bit this year to get yeah. people excited about crossing their finish line, wherever their finish line is. <laughs> yeah. It could be Hawaii. Didn't you say someone from Hawaii? Yes. yes. So excited. And PEI. Which is awesome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Virtuals from Mexico. Yes. And they'd be yep. cool to get something from Europe. It would be. Just to, hey, yeah. I'm on the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Do we have any participants that have registered from Europe yet? No. No. Not oh, yet. Okay. Yeah. So we need the ultra running, the UK ultra running magazine to write something about it. Yeah, that would be great. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag them on Twitter. They follow, they follow us on I Twitter. See your mind working now. Your mind's yeah, working. I know. I'm just like that whole region. There's a lot of runners in Europe. Get on it. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you've been working so hard, both on the Monarch and and your day job. So we appreciate your efforts. But we always end our podcast with a little rapid fire questions. It's just kind of a fun little. Um, questionnaire to know, get to know you better. So I'm going to okay. ask you. Thank you for inviting me too. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's hit it. 80s or 90s music? <laughs> 80s. Yes. Beer or wine? Wine. Ah. Have you lost a toenail from running? Yes. It was <laughs> gruesome. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? Four. Ah, or any of them butterflies? A monarch. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not yet, eh? Not yet. Maybe. I think Clay Williams and I are supposed to get one together. 
I was going to say, I, I might want to jump in on that at some point. Okay. <laughs> We're going to wait to go to Mexico to do it there because there's some amazing Mexican tattoo artists um, and have like a Dia de los Muertos, so the Day of the Dead somehow mm-hmm, oh, in that tattoo. Cool. But yeah. Oh, you remember our tattoos that we had? Yeah, we had the temporary yeah. tattoos on our legs. Remember the mine up my shoulder? I have some of those again for this fall. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> That's why your back looks so great. I have a photo of that as well. Like, like, like boom. <laughs> What's another sport you'd like to excel in? Other than running. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Oh, tennis. I just learned tennis and I love it. Wow. Yeah. That is a whole other conversation. Yeah, we'll get into that when we, uh, when we're on the relay for sure. We've got stories. Let's bring tennis rackets. Okay. Let's bring tennis rackets. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, Favorite junk food? Um, Oh, uh, this popcorn that's called, it's got like white powder on it. Um, White cheddar? Yes. Yes. Smart food. Oh my gosh. Smart food. Yeah. It makes me smarter when I eat it. Of course it does. What a smart name, eh? <laughs> Marketing genius. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if you could get on a plane tomorrow, where would you go? Uh, Portugal. Ooh. Oh. Have you been? No. Okay. But um, I've heard that the food is really wonderful. There's great trails. You can bike. You can run. The ocean's right there. Um, and I love Portuguese. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. <laughs> thank you to you. And thank you, Jody. <laughs> thank you, Jody and Norm, for inviting me. This was super duper special and it meant a lot. Thank, thank you. you so much right. for your time. You for okay. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But how oh, did I? I'll tell you something. <laughs> I'm tell you something. Tell me, Norm. I knew nothing about the monarch butterfly before you came to me. Two years ago, and said, Hey, let's go to Austin and let's run 50K to do this Monarch Ultra relay run. That's right. And, I'm going, and I said, What's a monarch? <laughs> it's our butterfly, you idiot. <laughs> and <they're> going, what? <laughs> now I know a lot about the monarch butterfly and the migration and everything else. I know. They're pretty fascinating. See, there you go. So this is what Carlotta is doing. Yes. And it works because I was one of those people who are just ignorant to the whole thing. I think what you learn a few things about them, it be- makes you more interested to learn more because mm. there's such a feat of nature, you yes. know, and it it's mind boggling. And I found out that, that their, their migration is the ninth longest in the, the planet, animal world? In the animal kingdom, the ninth longest. Yeah, you'd think it'd be the longest, but no. <laughs> There's others. There's more. But hey, top 10. Yeah, not top, bad. Top not 10. bad. So every time you, you, you're you driving and you hit one and it's on your... It's on your oh! <laughs> you're thinking, oh, no! <laughs> no! Anyway. That's terrible. <laughs> well, there you but go. But if you want to get involved, yes. then you can sign up for the relay. If you're an ultra runner, or you can sign up for the virtual 10K. At gotterunracing.com. That's right. And support the cause. Check us out. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. 
please visit us at gotterunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotterunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!